Quest Gaming Podcast presents Skyrim Off the Record. everybody, welcome back to Skyrim Off the Record for episode 10. We are in the double digits! Yay! Um, <laughs> which is brought to you by DoghouseSystems.com, the amazing gaming computers that you all should be having and playing Skyrim on, because that's the way to do it! They have a special offer for Skyrim Off the Record listeners. The code is off the record for double the RAM on your order. Laptop, desktop, it doesn't matter. Just put that code in and you'll go from 8 to 16 gigs. So everything looks nice and fancy for you guys. Not to mention the most awesome tech support around. Give some love to our sponsor, DoghouseSystems.com. And this show is goes out to a special person. We just want to wish Stevie a happy birthday from the Skyrim Off The Record crew and his brother. So happy birthday, Stevie. And this show is for you. All right, I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and I am the first chair, as always, the producer who gets to make all the tough calls in the show that the guys like to hate me for. And the guy who makes the notes happen, the content happen, because I like torturing him with this at least oh, a week mr evarwin hello hello joe hello chat room how is everyone doing today and by everyone i mean everyone not just joe <laughs> <laughs> no part of the chat room getting pissed off at you right exactly yeah. i am Spock. buffalo again because you know it decided it want to get cold on me all of a sudden anyway and our third chair our lore master the man with the beret lewis alon Hello, everyone. Hello, Joe. Hello, Ivarwin. Hello, Liz. Hello, uh, chat room. I'm introducing her. My job. Oh. Bad Lou. Slap yourself on the wrist right now. Oh. Thank you. Bad Lou. Very audible. Um, because it's <laughs> episode number 10, and we are recording later than normal today because of certain circumstances, which goes unmentioned, we are bringing on our first guest on the show. She is kind of a legend in the Skyrim Off the Record uh, podcast, if you will. She goes by the screen name Mistress Lebu, or that's what I like to call her, but she says it's Lebo, <laughs> but whatever. Um, whatever. Liz. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that mispronounced name. <laughs> I had to do it at least once, you know, we're on the air, so gotta do it. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. You're very quite welcome. <laughs> very excited to well, talk to you guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We hope you have fun. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I tormented her before the show enough, so hopefully she's prepared for what's to come. Uh, she's, uh, she's well warmed up. Well warmed up for what we do. Well here. warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into what I like to call the meat and potatoes of the show. Mm. And I'm going to let Lou go first today. Had a great week playing. Actually, uh, I received a question pointing towards me from one of our listeners, uh, Eric C. And Eric had asked me, 
whether or not the 11B at my tweet name stood for an MOS. Uh, for those who are not familiar, an MOS is a military occupation specialty. And Eric, yes, uh, 11B or 11 Bravo is my designator. Hoorah, uh, 11 Bravo. Hoorah! I, I am in the infantry. So that designator tells people that I am an infantryman. Righty old. Oh. Now, how about the game? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, originally I was going to go back and catch up with my main, but then. Remember I said I lost my uh, mage file because the file got corrupted mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. week. So I said, you know what? While I'm here, I might as well just start, just create the character, and then I'll go back to my main. No, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> Once I, I got going, I couldn't stop. So right now, my that alt is only at the level four. But from the get-go, once I got to that first little village, I started just working on blacksmithing like crazy. <laughs> Taking all the ingots, leather strips, whatever. Maybe. <laughs> we had a listener who uh, wrote an email in just before the show, and he said that he doesn't play Skyrim at all. He listens to the show, though, and he's considering doing it, wondering why everyone likes to steal. He hears us talking about stealing all the time. What's the deal about that? Because you can, sir. Because you can. That's kind of interesting that, that he found us, even though he doesn't play the game. Oh, we've got a couple like that, actually. We've gotten a yeah. few emails this week about that, which is awesome. Get the game, so you'll know what we're talking about. All right, Hours, continue, sir. Days enjoyment. Oh, uh, actually, and also with this one, I am going to have her join the Empire right off the bat. So first chance I get, I actually followed that Imperial soldier, and I'm going to go straight and play this character on the Imperial side and work that side of the story. Hail it, for how long? How many alts do you have? <laughs> At last count, uh, six or five? <laughs> <laughs> Probably five. Five, actually. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. How do you, this, Lou, how do you manage all those save files? I have, I have, you know, my Khajiit that I play, and he's like my main at this point, but I still have my, my other Nord, and like, I have well, a hard time managing it. That I, that, you, know, you can plug in when you create the character. And then, yeah, I, I do have a, a handwritten list of the time date stamps with these saves to help me organize that. Okay. Because, yeah, the first couple of days of playing, I actually. Uh, threw myself into a mess because I couldn't remember what the hell I was doing with what characters. So I was like, you know what? I started all over again. <laughs> I wiped all those out and started from scratch. And I kept a little detailed record of what was going on with each of them so I know what exact file I had to go to now to play. Fair enough. Easier if it allowed us to name these files, but no. <laughs> well, no. they didn't expect people to play five different characters at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> They'd never see me play Baldur's Gate, damn it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> they, they should understand the, uh, the the curse of gaming called alt-itis. It's a disease. I've and, never um, heard of it until this podcast. <laughs> really? Actually, until Lou, really. It's really <laughs> a, a big thing in the MMO genre. It's a really big yeah. thing then. I'm, I'm never have been bitten by the alt-itis bug. Even when I play MMOs, I get one character, I go all the way through to the end game. And then, after that, I'll probably start another one. Then I'll get him all the way through. I don't like starting multiple alts. Um, when I got finished, like in Skyrim, I had my little hunter, my little thief sniper dude. Um, I stopped him because I messed up the constellations. I, I went all different directions in the beginning of the game. I didn't know what I was doing. So I made my red guard, and I'm playing him through until I get everything finished. And then I'm, I have a, a list of alts I plan to make after that, but only after I'm done with him. That's the two major playstyles that you find in most gaming. People who like to just go straight for it with one character. When you have a character option, a multiple character option, when it's just like some console game, like, um, say, for instance, uh, 
Assassin's Creed. You don't get to make a character. You are stuck with a character that they designate for you. All Ida's yeah. can't exist. It's not going to happen. But nothing wrong with it. I mean, I see. I have a lot of friends who are altaholics. But I like make, making fun of Lou when he does that. <laughs> it's fun. Lou, do you, uh, Liz, do you do you play any any MMOs at all? Because I, I don't think I remember hearing no. you say. Okay. I am one of those poor people. They're the, the kind of people that don't, you know, have money to buy the games. <laughs> right. And plus, I, I I get stuck on a game, and I will play it. I mean, I don't play multiple characters, but I will play the same game over and over and over again. I, I just, I can do that. That's my talent, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Do you have any more, did you have anything else to say, Lou? Oh, uh, just one more last thing. Um, right now, I'm just sporting the initial light armor. I pulled off uh, one of those corpses <laughs> in the keep. I improved it, and I'm currently on a spell of a cunt for anything and anything I can find. And after that, you need to go to the. Every single town has their local like um, Jarl's mage pets. Go to them, and normally they'll sell you books. I know the one in White Run. Yep. Has a ton of them. And every forty-eight hours, they they fluctuate. So you want to go check them out every couple days, in-game days. So yeah, once that's done, I'm gonna bring her over to the Mage College as well and start that off, and then I'll let you guys know what's gonna happen next week. Do it. We needed someone to play the full hardcore mage. Because uh, I don't. Ivarwin doesn't. Yeah. Liz. Getting a little thief heavy. Yeah. I am. Liz, what about you? What was your play week like? My play week, I started my third character two days ago, and I'm up to level 37. Nice. (laughs) But you said you weren't an altaholic. (laughs) No, but no, I finished. Only three. Well, yeah. Um, I, I do like to go all the way through. I've finally got all the achievements, and then decided okay i'll i'll do an elf or something like that so um i started that i didn't realize how tall they were that is ridi- have you seen an elf walk through a door yeah they, their heads they hit, hit their the head door. all the time not recently i expect to like walk in and go, not in real life <laughs> I, I take followers with me i've i've got um i do a lot of the enchanting and the uh alchemy i barely fight anything that's how i get up so high in this level wow <laughs> It's pretty sad. I, I, I mean, I go out every once in a while to get some soul gems, but I, I I find it fun to enchant stuff and just go back and forth between that. Is that really sad? I think it's sad. No. <laughs> no, it's your play style. It's how you yeah. want to play the game. Exactly. Oh, that makes me feel better. <laughs> well, glad we can help. You're you're accepted here, Liz. Come into the <laughs> huddle. You're accepted. Give us a hug. Give us oh, a hug. That's right. fun. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Everyone has their own play style. That's what makes this game so unique and, and entertaining is that fact. Everyone plays a game differently, which is awesome. So people who yeah. write in emails trying to correct me for wearing heavy armor, which we'll get to later. It's just not my style. <laughs> but what else you got for us, Liz? Is that it? or? I had stuff and then about an hour ago, and now it's gone out the window. <laughs> this is why we <laughs> Without these notes, we'd be lost, and they're going um, um. I was gonna well, say that's something, what I do. but um. Yeah. See what I do for when I'm playing the game. Actually, this is what I really do for the show. I do this for the show is I actually have a notepad I have next to my desk. That when I see something cool in the game, I'll stop it really quick, pause it, write it down on this notepad, and go back to playing. So I've we'll done have that. Write it down again. <laughs> Same thing. My handwriting is <laughs> terrible, <laughs> and it looks <laughs> like I wrote it with my feet. 
<laughs> I can read my own handwriting. Um, hey, if that's something that you can do, you need to you need to call Guinness Book of World Records and and get some money off that. Oh, I'm sure there's somebody else that can do it way better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wrote this whole novel with my foot. <laughs> my left foot. <laughs> <laughs> Bad okay. joke, Lou. Bad joke alert. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> totally well, scripted. That family Guy did. Uh, does anybody else find the game? I have to do the same things uh, over and over again. I have to get the um, or a whisper shout first. Does anybody else play like that when they start a new game? Like I, I can't go through anywhere without having that and uh, muffled on the boots and stuff. Does anybody else have that problem? No. I feel it's just like therapy for Skyrim. There's there's certain <laughs> well there are certain there's certain, certain, there's certain play styles that are are crucial. Like when you're if you're doing the sniper playthrough with your bow, get slow time. It, it will change everything for you. Um, well, if you have already three, oh, in your archery, then no, it's different when you use a shot too. It's full blown oh. matrix. And I I actually meant to do the video. I took a lot of video when I was doing that kind of matrix play style with my first playthrough, and I'm going to mix it together and post it on our site through YouTube. One of these days. I'll get around to it. But no, that's nothing wrong with, you know, having certain things that you really like to have in the game right off the bat. Why not? I mean, we all have that kind of mentality. Yeah, there's always something in the game that, you know, we always prefer over others. And, you know, I, for one, am, you know, I definitely do that too, Liz. You know, I, I find something and. You know, it feels like it always works with that with almost any play style. Great, great point of um, great example is uh, when I go into Resto Magic, I always get the perk that uh, increases my my healing and decreases the uh, the amount of mana that is required for the healing. I always get those two perks. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, I'm not like that though. Uh, for my different playthroughs, is I just go with the flow. <laughs> Whatever I plan the character with, that's what I do. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I just here we can't. Are. Everyone here is trying to tell Liz, like, you know, oh, we've all got, like, one thing like that, and Joe's like, nah, not me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's normal for a lot of people, but that's just not me. Eve uh, <laughs> Arwen, what about you, man? What was your week like? Um, I had kind of like a like a disjointed week with Skyrim. Um for some reason, even though I went on vacation, um, it seems like my whole family just like jumped on me like a bunch of rabid cougars. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, you're off. Oh, you got to do this. Oh, you got to do that. I know the feeling. <laughs> Especially oh. the cougar part. No, never mind. Whoa. Whoa. Make- Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, I did, however, get my Khajiit up to level 23. Still nice. doing the uh, Thieves Guild quests. And uh, just to kind of give you an idea of where I'm at in the the Thieves Guild, um, I just got double-crossed by that guy that leads you through that dungeon and the person you were supposed to go after at that place with that thing to get that other thing. Right. Um, I don't write names down, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This is so unimportant. Everyone thinks we're an anti-spoiler podcast because we choose to. It's not the case. We just don't remember names. I just can't remember. Are you talking, I'm, I blanked out on what you were saying. Are you talking about Mercer Fay? Probably. Ew. <laughs> okay. I remember, I remember that coming up a lot. <laughs> Some guy named Mercer. That came yeah. up. With it. Now the, the the part where that guy leads you through the dungeon, and then you're supposed to kill some some elf woman 
dark elf woman and then i don't want i don't want to spoil it but it doesn't go that way <laughs> <laughs> it goes in the opposite way <laughs> so mm. you know what i'm talking about that's what I I'm know where I'm at. yeah yeah and then i have to head up to i have to head up to the north and, and talk with some dude about something <laughs> you're, not, not you're not far from the sexiest armor in the game uh yeah, I got my my thief armor and I'm looking pretty That's pretty awesome. It. Well, don't forget, don't forget, I'm going I'm going to do the Dark Brotherhood too. Yeah, so, well, then, actually, the armor, the best looking armor in the game, occurs during the Thieves Guild quest chain. Yeah, yeah, the Nightingale set. Yeah, yep. Oh. Well, you're talking about armor for guys, armor for girls. The uh, the tavern clothes. <laughs> Have you seen those? <laughs> Often. I have very closely, in fact. So, what about this RP story that you're you're doing with this guy? Because you talked to me a bit about it this week. Yes, indeed. Um, we when we were talking, Joe, as you know, we were chatting a bit about it, and we were trying to come up. Well, I was trying to come up with a way to kind of explain. Okay, so those of you in in the audience that don't really know exactly what I'm doing with my my uh, my playthrough with my Khajiit. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm I'm trying to play a reformed villain. And the best way I thought to do that is to start by playing a villain. So he's he's a thief slash assassin, and he's starting off with the Thieves Guild quest. Once I'm done with that, I'm going to go to the Dark Brotherhood. And then once I'm done doing that, he'll have a change of heart for some reason and go into the Dova King quest line and save Skyrim from dragons. Okay. Um, I was talking about this with Joe, and I was trying to come up with a way um, that the game serves me how to do an easy, plausible transition from this, this, you know, he'll turn out to be the leader of the Dark Brotherhood at the end of the Assassin's Chain to all of a sudden having a change of heart. Like, why does that happen for him? And Joe said, well, why don't you, why don't you have it play out through the, the Civil War? And I said, you know what? That sounds like a really good idea. And here's the reason why. Because if you're the leader of the Dark Brotherhood, and there's a civil war in Skyrim going on, all right, you're a very powerful yet shadowy figure. Okay, you're going to want to get your fingers involved in this in this political turmoil in some way and make it profit you. So mm-hmm. how would you go about doing that? Well, you're probably going to side with the side that you believe is going to win and make friends with them. And probably you would, you would discern that the side that's going to win is going to be the biggest and most powerful side with the most amount of resources the imperial side so i thought how about he goes from being the leader of the dark brotherhood to helping out the imperial side and then finding out all this stuff that he was totally unaware of because he's been out of politics and the political landscape of skyrim okay finds all this stuff out and then starts to have a change of heart and starts to see that you know helping You'd rather help other people and and leave this this life of of criminality behind. And then once he's done doing that and closing out the Imperial playthrough, then he says, I've been able to stop these dragons. I've been only the the only person able to stop these dragons. I'm going to hunt them down and, and get rid of them. So I'm wondering, though, when would like the, some of the, the sub quests come into play, like the Daedra quests for that that uh, RP playthrough? I haven't thought of that yet. Especially like the the more <laughs> interesting ones that I went through. I'm gonna talk about tonight that mm-hmm. re- that basically revolve around doing something pretty hideous. I would imagine if that was something I was definitely going to do with this this tune, that I would do it probably in. I had a light either, bulb. 
I don't know if anyone saw that in the chat room, but I had a light bulb. No. There's nope. two weapons you should get, because you're doing dual wielding, correct? Eventually, I, I will. Okay, well, you should. And this is why. Okay, you can get... Before you go in to do your little Imperial change of heart thing, you go do right. the sliver quest chain, which is the dagger that has a chance on hit to kill, okay? It's pretty okay. much a, a thieving quest, if you will. That, that type of, of quest. Once you get that, and after you do start your Imperial thing, you go do the one for the Dawnstar, which is the holy weapon. And you do mm. that, that quest chain, so you're, you're staying within your time frame, but you're getting these two epic weapons. I see. Yeah, I follow. You're saying, so now, yeah, get, what, what's the name of that weapon? The, the Dawnbreaker or something like that? Uh, Dawnstar, I believe. Or Dawn, Dawnbreaker, you're right, you're Dawnbreaker. The Dawnbreaker? Yeah, I only remember that because you brought it up last, last week. Yeah. Um, so I would do that. That's yeah. Just, no, that's that's a good idea. I like it. You know what, Joe? You've got good ideas, and I like every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's that bromance coming out again. Oh, uh, my. I love you too, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, you uh, you good, or uh, you going to let me go I now? Or? Oh, wait. Hold on. What? I did download Dovahkiin Hideout. I downloaded oh, it. You did get it. Yes, and it's been my favorite mod so far. I am loving it. Yes, the same way with you on that one. Except yeah. for the place, the, all that, the place settings I spent all those hours putting on the table were all scattered across the room when I went in the game a couple nights ago. So I don't know if a giant decided to walk across the top of my house or something, but <laughs> all the place settings were everywhere, and it was. I, I think hard. the house crawl had a fit. So I just left them. I said, "Hey, I left it as, as my guy saying, you know what? We had an epic party last night, so." <laughs> You know, my a, a massive red guard is, is epic weaponry. Like, we got busy. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I downloaded and installed the Creators Kit. I am very impressed with it. I'm an ex-game designer, so I've used these kind of templates and tools before. But this one is not its not the same thing you would normally find as a, for a designer tool set. They made it a little bit different for the, the average user because you're doing more than just designing is you have to come up with texture mapping. Um, you have to find your own textures, your audio files, your work, because they don't supply most of that stuff with the, with the um, creator's kit. So if you uh, if you don't know how to do the design stuff like that and you really want to do some kind of modding with it, there is a ton of YouTube videos of how to do the creator's kit, how to work with it. Spend a couple hours going through those and you'll get a great start on how to really work with that tool set. It's great. They did a phenomenal job putting it out there, and it's a lot like the designer tool sets. So if you guys ever decide, ever dreamed of becoming a game designer, that's a great way to get your feet wet. So I would definitely check it out. So I encountered my first Elder Dragon on my new playthrough, and um, he ate me twice. It twice? Embarrassing, in fact. It was just, you know, an animation where he chomps down and you're a dead red guard. No, I never know that because I never have that happen. You're a liar. <laughs> you're a liar. <laughs> Needless to say, it hurt. But. And trust me, red guards don't like to be resurrected and eaten again. It's just not, you know, productive for the brain. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I was trying to get through this certain pass through a mountain to get to a quest point for a Daedra weapon. And he was there the entire freaking time. So the final time, I just screamed like a little girl and ran for my life. Hours. <laughs> the best part about this is that it actually says in the notes, screamed like a little girl and ran. 
That's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I spent a lot of my time working on Daedra Quests. I really want to get those finished. There's an achievement to do all of them. So I'm really working on that. And I did the two most disturbing ones this week. I really wanted to see what they were about. So the first one I did was The Haunted House. We mm. talked about this a couple episodes ago when you went in there and saw all the furniture moving and the yeah, the whole lackluster event. Oh, okay. And you moved on. But I yeah. actually went and found this priest that they want me to trap in this cage. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of feeling bad about it. Like, this guy's going to get killed by this demon dude. And But when I went to the guy, he was such a jerk. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. So I led him right into the doom, and I watched him die, and I giggled. He was the biggest jerk, so it was okay. It was okay at that point. Um, <laughs> See, I still couldn't even do it. When I when I went back, and I, I had no idea why I was bringing – I totally got duped. You know, I brought the priest back, and I was like, I wonder what's, I'm thinking maybe he's going to do an exorcism in the house. And then I uh, find him in a cage. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I still felt bad for him, even though he was a bit of a jerk. Well, the, the Daedra actually made me kill him. Spoiler alert there. But uh, the mace that I got was awesome. Holy crap. I have it on my notes. I put the name down here somewhere. I just forgot to put it in my show notes. Isn't it called uh, Joe the Slayer of Lambs? <laughs> Uzen Bull or something? It's only one yeah. hand For mace, real. and I use two-handed, so I can't use it. But I wish I did, because it's the Malag Ball Mace. And it looks insanely cool. It's got that whole like demon-looking skull etched into it. And it's all glowy green and dripping. But what really made it stand out to me is that on Chance on Hit, it has a chance of doing 25 stamina damage and 25 magic damage. And it has a chance to drain the soul all at once. Ivar, wow. don't look at me like that. You said <laughs> you're like dripping. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> dripping. Dripping with green <laughs> oozy goodness. Um, so that weapon looks really cool, but it's now hanging and dripping on my floor in my basement. Now you gotta um, get a rag. Yeah. Gotta... Uh, I'll let the skeevers come in and lick it all up for me. Ew. <laughs> so second Sorry, one that was very valid girl. The second one I did was the one where you have to, it's, I call it the cannibal quest. Because you it starts out where you have to, in um, Markarth, where you have to go into the tombs because there's someone in there stealing bodies. And you're, you're, the whole point of this quest is to stop this person. Well, this person wants you to go and meet their deity with them. She says you're special. And when you go in there and you clear this cave up of all these um, droggers. I'm sure Liz has heard that before. Yeah, really. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm, I'm sorry. Into kind of a spoiler alert here, guys, because this is an interesting tale. So if you don't want to know what this quest does, skip ahead about 45 seconds to a minute. Um, okay, so I went in there, finished all these druggers, and this girl that, that was in this, this tomb comes, comes up to me and says, well, welcome to our cult. We are going to feast, and we want you to bring the main course for us. So she has you go out and get this priest in Markarth to lure him in there. And... To put a, a, a short, a long story short, he gets killed on a sacrificial table, and you, in order to finish his quest, have to eat him. Yeah, I actually got a little sick to my stomach, even though I know it's animated, but I have the new texture pack on, so all that blood was everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll get more into oh, that. Stuff, but yeah. Nasty. And the ring is cool. I mean, I wear the ring that she gave me. The Daedra artifacts are really, really cool, but some of the things you have to do to get them are just... Wow. 
<laughs> really? Huh. But yeah, um, that was interesting. Do you get the Do you get the achievement for that? For uh, isn't there? There's an achievement for some kind of cannibalism um, feature, isn't there? Or am I thinking of? Where of no? No. You know what? I'm probably getting confused with. Uh, wow. All right. Never mind. <laughs> oh, never mind on that. Huh? Okay. Fallout. There, there is one thing. Fallout that, three. That was extremely funny. Uh, Fallout three. There you go. No. But anyway, there's one thing. A couple things that happened that were pretty funny. There's little nonchalant things. But one of the things I did was I came across a saber cat out of the blue that attacked me. So I just turned around my character, pulled my hammer out, and hit it once. Now, the funny thing is, this is a sideswiping attack. What really threw me for a loop, I've never seen this game do this before. I don't know if it's because of the new texture pack or whatever. But this cat literally went into a topspin. From hell to head, <laughs> at a rapid pace, flying across the mountain. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know if I drank some kind of extra strength potion or whatever, but that cat was dead. <laughs> and well blended. I, I died laughing. I couldn't stop laughing seeing that. Oh, that poor kitty kitty. Here, kitty 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 kitty. Oh. Get the stick. Get the stick. <laughs> oh, he got the stick. I'm going to get the piece. He sure did, all right. <laughs> so on my way up to this mountain to Deepwood, I had to go and, and kill some of these... Um, these those tribal people with the funny looking bone axes and stuff like that. I had to go kill them in order to get into to Redwood to go get this priest. Well, on the way up, I de- there was this like stone ledge and there's a cliff that goes down the mountain. Well, I bent this guy over and lopped off his head. Okay, we did that little animation and blood went all over my screen, all over myself again. It was pretty cool. Gory. Gory. <laughs> cool. Awesomeness. Well, then I stopped at the front door right after I decapitated this dude and his head went flying, by the way. I stopped and like, you know what? I have all these empty soul gems. I really want to fill them up. So I went and fast traveled to the nearest town, made myself an ebony two-hand sword, and put enchanted it with the soul trap. I immediately fast traveled back to Redwood, and it, it put me near near the bottom of the mountain just below Redwood. As I reloaded, as my, as my screen loaded up, I started walking up the mountain. I see a head rolling right past me. <laughs> the way down. I was like, huh, well... That's clever. What so, if that uh, was that lady's head from the orphanage that you killed a couple weeks ago? Would that be frightening? <laughs> She's no, come back to I haunt see you. It. My guy's going to go to sleep one night in some inn, and he'll have dreams of a dream state of all these heads coming at me from all the lopping that I've done over the years. In-game years. Um, so I got to look like that, uh, hmm? that horrible old uh, 70s horror movie called Tourist Trap. <laughs> yeah, just mannequin heads flying everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't have any tips. But I got a couple of things for you guys, really quick. Uh, one of the things is like I found some co- pretty cool little facts about the achievements uh, on Steam. You can look up a worldwide stats of, the, of how many people have done by percentage these certain achievements. So I went down. And I picked up the bottom five, and the very the number five in the spot was thief which is pick 50 locks and pockets. Only 11.3% of everybody has achieved this one. I thought that was quite interesting because a lot of people like playing Thief, but I do know that a lot of people don't like doing pickpocket because it's just kind of pointless. I know it's not. There's things you can do that are cool with pickpocketing, so don't write emails about that. Um, I enjoy it. I like that. So that only 11.3% of the Skyrim players have completed Thief. The other one is Thoom Master, which has learned 20 shouts. That's number four. That's only 7.3% of the population has completed that. Um, mind you, this is only Steam stats, people who play through Steam. Uh, the, the third one is One with the Shadows, which returned to the Thieves Guild to f- 
basically returning the Thieves Guild to the former glory. Only 6.6% people have completed this because it takes a long time to do it. Actually, it's the longest achievement to do in most cases. Uh, number two was Oblivion Walker. Collect 15 Daedric artifacts. This is the one I'm working on currently. You have to do all the Daedric quests and get all their artifacts. Only 2.3% of the population has completed this. And the number one least completed achievement in Skyrim is Master Criminal, which is get a bounty of 1,000 gold in all nine holds. Only 1.2% has completed this achievement. 1%. Wow. Oh, that was pretty cool. I would think it would be... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I would think it would be... Uh, the Daedric quest would be the worst or the most uh, skipped because there are some of those those quests that if you take the wrong item from the wrong person, then you can't get it. And it's ridiculous. That's when I started my second character is because that's the only achievement I couldn't get because I let somebody live in one or whatnot. It, oh, what was funny is that the achievement to get level 50 was actually pretty low on the list. It's only like 25%. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, that's because people like Lou that keeps make, keep making alternate <laughs> characters. I'm never gonna let you live that down. <laughs> I got one achievement in the in the bottom ten, and that was the um, the the wanted achievement. Wanted is escaping from jail, and I did that actually from the hardest one to do, from solitude. That's good. That was. A did fun you have to, to do. kill people? No. On the way out. I completely really? did it without being seen. It was tough. It was ah. very hard. It took me two hours. But I did it. This this is actually, these stats, if you really look at these, this is very, very telling on how, you know, people on the PC really play this game. And you got to think of it like this, okay? If you play Skyrim on the console, chances are you're probably not one of those really hardcore Skyrim fans because... You are missing a lot when you're playing on the console. The creator's kit, you know, downloads, mods, all that stuff. So you got to think, like, generally speaking, console players of Skyrim are very passive. These... Well, I don't know. <laughs> generally <laughs> speaking. Yes and no, of course. But, like, generally speaking, like, you would think that people who play the PC are really into Skyrim. Like, these are the guys that are definitely going to be getting all the different mods they're they're, they're going to use skyrim as almost like a hobby versus kind of like the console guys are just kind of here to just you know play with it you know hopefully complete the game we're gonna get emails from listeners i spent 300 hours on my console <laughs> no 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 it's it's just that um i would think that the people on the pc are spending more time uh doing the mods and stuff or look at hell looking them up i mean and the people on the consoles are actually playing more yeah right and i would love to see a i'm just trying to stick up for my people come on <laughs> i'm representing but well I, i'm not i'm not trying to say one thing or the other about know. you know, know i'm not trying what i am trying to get out is um and apparently my cat wants to say hi <laughs> oh um what i am trying to get at is um that I would think these numbers would be a lot higher because these are these are a lot of achievements that you would think a completionist would be involved in. You know, Dark Brotherhood completion, um, 
you know, com- completion of, of that master criminal thing and, uh, you know, getting getting a thousand gold in all nine holds. And I almost did that on my first playthrough, by the way. I was only shy of two of them. Daedra artifacts. Like, the, the stuff is... This speaks like, you know, a completionist would go after these. And I would think more completionists would be in the PC version. And I, I guess that's either wrong or... Most people play this game in a very in a very cursory manner. Ah. <clears throat> yes and no. I mean, I didn't do these achievements yet because they weren't involved in the way I'm playing my playstyle. I'm going to get them. I'm definitely going to get all of them eventually. What I found was funny, okay, was that the number six for the least gotten was getting married. Really? Yes. Getting That's all married? I heard about my first playthrough. <laughs> It's no, so sad. I'm sorry, actually, Getting Married was number 11, and only 21% achieved this, or 18%, something like that. That was that cracked me up. I couldn't help it. Wow. Huh? But anyway, I have another thing I want to go over with you guys, is alternate play styles. These are set rules, we do this a lot in Minecraft as well, that you basically just put on yourself to make the game a little bit different and interesting for you. Not just doing the whole RP thing like we said before to do, which is definitely... My number way of recommending of playing the game, but just getting a, a set of rules, okay, and then sticking with it. The first one I, I, I have for you guys, I like to call it the um, Dreadnought playstyle. What that is is you do not use any trade skills, which means no enchanting, no blacksmithing, no potion making, nothing, no quick travel, and no carriage rides. Horses and walking only from destination to destination. Armor and weapons from drops only or chests. And you can only use the enchants that you find them with. No potion, no potion use of any kind, and no healing magic. Only food. Wow. The roughneck play style right there. It's like <laughs> bare bones, roughneck. You give that a shot, and you'll see a different way of playing the game that you didn't think about before, because you have to focus on cooking. You actually want to find ingredients. It, it adds, and you can really look into those dungeons, because you have to find that armor. You're not making it. So you focus on your skills alone and not relying on the OP style of, you know, doing the, the trade skills. So give that play style a shot when it ends with your characters and see how that goes for you. You'd be surprised at how the game changes and how different things you've never seen before happen. The other one I like to put out there is what I call a sniper challenge. No melee weapons at all. No shields, nothing in your hands, except a bow. Hmm. Or That's exactly magic. how I played. That way, you really have to really look at the situation you're in before you attack, because you have to have a way out. Because you're not going to be able to guard yourself. You just want to get in there, take your shots, get out. Sneaking and all that's very much allowed and very much encouraged in this, otherwise you're not going to survive. Um, of course. Potions, armor. potions and crafting is allowed. The only difference between this playstyle and normal is no melee weapons at all. No two-hand, no one-hand, no shields, nothing like that. Okay. Two ways of playing the game that are going to change the way you look at the game and how you play. It makes you think about it differently. That's kind of what I'm emphasizing here. I mean, I've seen different kinds of rule sets posted on different forums that people play on. Just do that and give it a shot for yourself, guys. And with that, we're going to move on to our next segment. Confirmation by Imperial State. Dragon spotted in Riverwood. Jarl of Windhelm appoints a new thane. This is Tamriel Times, your source for news in Skyrim. And here we are in the Tamriel Times. We got some good news for you guys. It all actually launched yesterday. A lot of good stuff came out. 
Um, they're actually calling this the free DLC, and that is what, Mr. Evarwin? Okay, guys, let's see. Uh, Tuesday, February 7th, Creator's Kit with High-Res Texture Pack has launched. Wait's finally over. Long-awaited Creator's Kit has launched on Steam with a special surprise, a 3-gig download designed to hike your Skyrim visual experience up a notch. It's not just a notch. It's oh, night and no. day. Yeah, night it looks difference. gorgeous. Not only did they just add a different high-res textures, but they added a lot of different elements to the game that were not there before. I, I downloaded yeah. and installed this the other night, and I normally play on Ultra. I run about 35 to 40 frames a second normally, but when I put this on, I tried it on Ultra, I dropped down to 10 to 15 frames a second. It's a system hog. If you don't have an outstanding system, do not try this texture pack on, on Ultra, because it will destroy your system, your game. It'll just slow it down to a crawl. However, I, I dumped it down to high settings with this high-res pack, and it's still better than Ultra without it, by far. And the little quirks it gives you is not only the prettier looking textures, the skins look better, a lot better, but you get blood splatter on your arms, on your armor, their armor, depending on the fight. As, as you guys fight it through longer, more blood everywhere, all the gore. Um, and you get blood splatter on your screen, and in heavy battles, that's distracting as hell, but <laughs> it's all over your screen. So um, that I, I love. And when I did on Ultra, like I would walk, I was walking through a mountain pass, and there was fog that was lifting in and out as I was walking through, and it was just an eerie feeling for me to see that in a game because it looked so real. It was awesome. So I think they did an outstanding job with this high-res texture pack. It's just that it's a big system hog, and it will drop your frames down a lot. So if you have a great system, don't worry about it. Pump this bad boy to Ultra and go to town. If not, yeah. you might need to take it down a notch or two. All right, so yeah, Bethesda had, had this to say about their, their high-res texture package concerning the system requirements, and I quote, Make sure your system requirements exceed Skyrim's recommended specs before attempting to install including Windows Vista or 7 operating system, a minimum of 4 gigs of RAM of system uh, of system RAM and DirectX 9.0 or compatible NVIDIA or AMD ATI video card with at least 1 gig of RAM and the latest drivers. So yeah. this, is a no, this is no joke. It's a <laughs> you system really gotta watch it. but it is worth it. You don't want anything else running on your system besides that. Yeah. And it will blow your mind a little bit. Really will. I think Bethesda did a great job on that. And as for the Creator's Kit, like I mentioned at the top of the show, it's out. It's ready to go. If you want to download it and give it a shot, what you need to do is you need to go into Steam. You go into your library, and there's a little scroll down right below library that says all games. Normally it defaults all games. If you click on that, there's a tool, there's something that says tools in the, on that list. You go down to tools, and it will be labeled as Creator Kit. You just click on that, and it will download it right to your computer and ask you to install it. After that, launch it and st stare at your screen confused until you <laughs> go to YouTube or their wiki and learn. That's correct. That's yeah, that's exactly happen. what I ended up doing with it, too. Um, it was hard for me to... I, I haven't figured it out at all, so I just downloaded it before the show, and it's... You definitely need that that stuff. Um, here's basically what you can... Now, as far as I can understand, you can pretty much make any mod you want with this game, include with, with the creator's kit, including... Um, edges? <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe. I'm thinking... Flat locks. I'm thinking it's, <laughs> it's just basically 
you know, I'm already stuff worked that's on already in the thing. game. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I mean, uh, is it true to say like you can make your your own dungeon out of this thing? I mean, can yeah. you actually do that? You sure can. I, I had a feeling. It's uh, the full designer kit. So the and designer kit is how they made the whole entire world. Anyway, you can actually create your own scripted events, your own scripted conversations with NPCs of your own voices. So if we wanted to do a Skyrim off the record mod and have me and Evarwin and Lou voice characters for a little Skyrim off the record quest of getting pirate, I could do that. Hint, hint. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of thinking like maybe we should do something for the show with this because, you know, not only can you make these mods, but you can upload them to Steam and then your friends can download them off Steam and subscribe and constantly get updates through the launcher when when updates apply. Mm hmm. So I mean, it's it's really yeah. really really powerful. Yeah, they actually did launch the um, what do they call that? You just said, didn't you? Steam Workshop. Yeah, Steam Workshop, and they yeah. have they pulled every single mod that's been produced yet, and they put it all together in one convenient place. You hit download and install. It downloads, installs it. No more fessing with the going into the right files. This oh. program to go to the right files. What? There is one thing I wanted to let you know. Um, I downloaded yesterday a mod off Skyrim Nexus that increased the graphics to my my Skyrim. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of the more popular. It's the one that we covered on the show a little a little while ago. Anyway, after I downloaded that, and then I downloaded the new patch that came out, the new DLC, Game Froze. Oh. Oh. Yes. So if you have graphic enhancing mods on your Skyrim already, get it off. Remove them. Get them out of there. Remove them. And this is this is what I was talking about. Like, you know, you got to be careful with what you download. If you're downloading a lot of these texture packages into your mods, you don't know, you know, what's going to happen later on in the future or what it contains. So this is just one of those freaky things, you know, so (laughs) take, you know, watch out for that. Watch out for that. Definitely. Those mods are always kind of iffy. And especially when they do a new release, they're calling us the first free DLC. The mm. high res yeah. mods, it's yeah. you know I, I consider it to be like that because it's a game changer. It really is. You yeah. guys will love it. Check out the screenshots on Steam. It's beautiful. Oh, also on the creators kit, uh, let me just point this out. All right, there are resources that you mentioned earlier, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have no idea what you're doing with this, it's not an issue. All right, because you can go on to bethblog.com. All right, they have their official creation kit wiki at uh, www.creationkit.com. And if you go to Beth blog, you can check out the level designer Joel Burgess's blog post, which details the basics on how to use the kit. There's also a list of best practices for modding, which is a uh, troubleshooting uh, fact, frequently asked questions. Fact uh, for brand new would-be modders. Oh, what and... I thought was cool is they actually included the, the, the dev um, bug tester programming in the kit. So you can actually debug line of sight issues from the creator's kit, which is cool. I like it when they do that. Oh, okay. Sorry, cool. just random thought. Yeah, uh, it's obviously, you know, that's definitely something that you need. I wouldn't even, like, at this point, like, I wouldn't even know what that what that would look like <laughs> in this thing. Like, I, I opened up, and I saw the main, the main window with, like, the two other sub-windows that go in there, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> where's the free, where's the, the, the blank workspace that I get to... You know, put down the grass. <laughs> Where's my it canvas? Doesn't really it's work missing. that way. Uh, yeah, I went into it. And went ooh, memories. <laughs> uh, also, the Bethesda tutorial videos you can find at their Bethesda Studios YouTube channel, which is also accessible from BethBlog.com. 
All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment, the Bernard Mare. Welcome to the Bernard Mare. What can I get you? And we're in the Bannered Mare, and this comes to us via email from Drew, the question of today's Bannered Mare. And he says, now that we are nearing the three-month mark since Skyrim has been out, is it everything you thought and hoped it would be? How would you rate Bethesda's job in supporting the game? Does a lack of DLC at this point bother you at all, or are you happy with them just fixing what is already in there? Yeah, actually, um, DLC just started today. If you Kind of DLC, not really... Uh, a full DLC, but I am a little disappointed that we have not seen more regarding DLC yet after three months. Something they definitely need to get on, get in on if they really want to keep their their fan base excited about Skyrim. They need to get out something now. I mean, the fact they got the creators kit out now and the uh, um, the graphics texture map is awesome. They did a good job getting that out there, but now it's time to really focus on expanding the content and not just rely on the community to do so for them. We want stuff from Bethesda. They're the mastermind behind this game. We want to see them produce it. As for is everything I thought and hoped it would be, I actually had, when I first heard about this game, I had pretty much no real desire to play it at all. So it has exceeded everything I thought it would be, in fact. And it still does. I would have to agree. Um, Lou, what, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on these, Lou? Well, I'm a, I don't mind the lack of DLC at the moment. Because with all my alts going on, plus my main, I'm still experiencing the game with a fresh perspective, so to speak. So I'm in no rush. I mean, I would love to see DLC. Uh, don't get me wrong. After three months or so, like Joe just mentioned, yes, I would like to see Bethesda now start putting out additional content. Because now we've hit a three-month mark. You've obviously had players who have completed the main storyline going back to, the, I guess, the other side quests that are still in the game. You know, we have those areas in the game that are there, but we can't explore because of those invisible walls, so to speak. And now would be a good time for them to start pumping out new stuff to keep players on the hook, to keep this Skyrim popularity interest, uh, you know, on a high note. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to start losing your players now because you're not putting anything out. I mean, you know, you developed the game, you released it for the holiday season. Now let's let's keep these people playing. You know, you see the popularity of your game. You know, keep people coming back for more. The way I look at it, it's been about three months, and I've Close only seen about half the game, which still right. blows my mind a little bit. But, you know, I don't spend eight hours a day playing the game either. But the way I look at it is that most people are, are going to be in the same boat as me. They've only seen about half the content, so they're going to need to have more in the next couple of months. We should really at least, you know, get our, our appetites wet. In the next month or something, announce what you want to do, what the next DLC is going to be. Give us a time frame so that we are anticipating it coming out and ready for it and we don't lose interest like oh we haven't heard anything from Bethesda for the last three months so you know whatever I'm going to move on to the next guy. great thing yeah, uh, right. Liz well, I, think oh, they, I think they've kind of they've kind of done that though I mean uh, oh. you know it came out in beginning of November then you know they went through the awards ceremony the, the awards you know ceremonies with uh, beginning of December I mean that was ridiculous how many awards they won and then like Boom! As soon as January hit, they're like, "Creators kits coming out, and we're gonna do this." And you know, and then they they tacked on this this 
beautiful, uh, game-changing visual patch DLC that that none of us were expecting. And no, that was out of the blue completely. Totally. I mean, they only announced that this week, I think. <laughs> it, was, it was only a couple. It's only been a few days, and then boom, it comes right out. It was a great surprise. I'm sorry, Liz. I cut you off. What were you about to say? I was about to say you're full of it. <laughs> I think I disagree. <laughs> With absolutely everything you just said. I think it has been too long. For people like me on the consoles, we don't get that other stuff. So oh, that's it's true. been that's very months true. And you are um very it's, true on that. It, it is starting to get a little redundant, of course, like me with my superpower being able to play things over and over and over again without getting bored. It's okay, but for everybody else, I I I've had a lot of friends being like, Okay, I'm finished. I, I can't do this anymore. Um, You're right. Uh, I didn't even consider that. The fact that they need to have something out for all platforms and not just focusing on the PC side of things is going to be crucial for them. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and Liz is correct. Uh, One of my my friends from my WoW guild, uh, uh, our friend Dave, you know, he he's still wondering, you know, why we still play the game. He Mm -hmm. he's played it on his Xbox and he's done with the game. You know, he's level 50, he's maxed everything out, and for him, that chapter is closed. You know, a great game, he loves it, but he's done with it, so to speak, because there's nothing out there, nothing else for him to do, in his eyes. And the sad part is for the console gamers, you know, even Bethesda does start putting out DLC, they need to start working on getting across everyone at once. You know, it's kind of not fair that PC users only get the these great tidbits or these great content packs and yet console gamers who are making up a good portion of the market as well uh, are pretty much getting the shaft. Well, to me, it doesn't even seem like that much that's coming out. I mean, I know there's everybody likes the creator's kit or whatever, but uh, for me, optimized graphics and stuff like that, I really could care less about even if if I was on the PC. Of course, most likely is because my computer wouldn't run it, you know, and I don't want to risk the extra, you know, graphic memory or whatever you use. I don't know. (laughs) But, um... I would I, I just wouldn't care because I can this game makes me cross-eyed anyway playing it in first person which I do all day which is why I'm blind <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I, I wouldn't really care I think it looks fine the way it is I don't understand the hullabaloo but you, that's you, just me yeah you would have to see it to really understand it's definitely a game changer it actually makes the game feel different and look different yeah it's kind of the difference between DVD and blu-ray mm-hmm so, yeah, you never understand it. that until you actually <laughs> see it firsthand. Get the blue, yeah. But um, yeah, no, Liz, you're you're right, and you know what? I'm glad, I'm glad you kind of gave us that console perspective here because you know we all play it on on PC, and like for the PC guys, like this is the right place at the right time. However, you know, you know, I didn't even think about the console side of it and you know i guess you know hearing your perspective like you know yeah i i I agree with the console um there's got to be something eventually soon what they need to do is they need to release these mods for the playstation and the xbox as well so they don't leave those those two platforms in the dark all the time Uh, yeah but trying to do that is like it's very hard but if they really push it they could do something like that pick like some of the top mods convert it over to xbox Submit it to Xbox, submit it to PlayStation, and let people have at least the top right. ten. And that's like trying to get a corpse through customs, you know? True. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, you carry around corpses pretty well from what I saw on the live stream. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go again? La, 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 la. Ha, ha, ha. That's exactly what you sounded like. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> Alright, any last thoughts on this topic before we go to break, guys? Alright, we're going to go ahead and move on to break, and we'll be right back. are back in the crafting table mods and other game enhancements again we have one mod for you guys because it's another epic mod i like this one if i told me about it the other night when he was doing the notes and i wanted to go and download it but with all the other goodies that came out didn't have time but i'm gonna try this out what is it Ivarwin? it is called dovakin retreat dovakin retreat guys if you enjoyed and downloaded or if you downloaded and enjoyed uh, Dovahkiin Hideout. This is definitely the mod for you. Dovahkiin Retreat works with Dovahkiin Hideout. And let me explain really quick what it is. is basically um, <clears throat> it's, a, uh, it's a log cabin near Whiterun that's just placed inside the game for you. And it's your house. If you don't have the money to buy a house, you can download this and you'll have an instant house. And it comes with a, uh, a complimentary chicken side. Cheat alert. Cheat you alert, know, cheat alert. Nor check inside, huh? Does she cluck, mm-hmm. cluck and drop lay eggs for you? or? No, oh, well, female, female, right. Um, <laughs> in that case, uh, 
you know, if there's Speaking a bathroom of bad in there. Jokes. Speaking of bad jokes, zing. Um, <laughs> oh, did you just zing yourself? Zing yourself. Someone's got to do it, right? Oh my! All right, okay. what else we got on this? Uh, yes. Now that I'm detracted, <laughs> I fall. Sorry, man. I lost my place. Uh, not in any event. Okay, so it's basically a house. You, you download it. It's a house, but it works with Dovahkiin, um hideout. So it's it's really it's uh, really a lot of fun to use with the two together. Um, but you need uh, version 0.4.1 or later of Dovahkiin Hideout in order to get Dovahkiin Retreat to work properly together. Uh, features includes a new home named the Dovahkiin Retreat. There's a map marker for quick access, outdoor storage, outdoor crafting area for all crafting tools. You've got like a woodcutter's place and then there is a, uh, a forge outside as well. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. And all that stuff comes with Dovahkiin Hideout as well, but now you have it on the outside. Yay. See what's, uh, there's a garden. Garden quick access to your hideout if it's installed. Cooking pot, a nice cozy bed, <laughs> and indoor storage as well. And don't forget, it does come with a complimentary Nord female. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> now, so, it's the same right. model as that girl, that uh, that really bad singer, that really bad bard in that snowy oh. village in North that I'm in love with. Now, if it was the same model as her, then <laughs> I'm all in. It is not a bard mate. It is not a barmaid, unfortunately. All right. All right. But let me explain to you how this works. You download this. Let's say for sake of example, you get both. Okay, you get Dovahkiin Retreat and Dovahkiin Hideout. Um, you can fast travel. Let's say you're somewhere in, I don't know, Dawnstar. Okay, furthest place you can basically be from Whiterun, the Whiterun right. area. All right, you fast travel over to, over to Dovahkiin Retreat, which is marked as such on, on your map. You uh, do whatever crafting needs to be done, and then you go outside, go around the back, and you jump into your Dovahkiin hideout, which is your basement. Go walking around over there, and you figure, you know what, uh, I have that house in Dawnstar. Let me go back. You go, you use Dovahkiin hideout to get to your house in, in Dawnstar, and boom, you are right back in Dawnstar or Whiterun or wherever else you have a house using using those those two mods. You nice. can't get a house in Dawnstar. You can't. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I believe I went over the list a couple episodes ago about what houses you can get. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Oh. All right. Marcar Whiterun. All right, so Solitude. you're in Riften. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pretend you're in Riften. <laughs> you get the point. You get what I'm trying to say, all right? Obviously, I haven't gone to Dawnstar, all right? <laughs> Obviously, you know, you can tell exactly how far I've gone in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just keep going in the same vampire dungeon and getting killed. Hey, I think I can take him, guys. <laughs> No, that's not what happened. No. <laughs> I was there. I saw. No, I was there. You were sad. You were, you were there. That's, it is sad that I was it's, there. It's depressing for me. <laughs> um, no, you know what? You know what? I, I would have had this game finished had it not been for that damn bug that screwed me up with, with you know, freaking Snicklefritz all the way top uh, High Rothgar, whatever that stupid dragon's name is. <laughs> Parthenax? 
Yeah, whatever. The Snickle old, Fritz. The old I like Snickle Fritz. That's really nice. <laughs> I would have had this thing done, and then it, it, it all came down crashing around my ears, and then I had to make a, a Khajiit after after Brago. <laughs> after my cat. So whatever. I'm I'm re- I'm gonna go through all the way this time. <laughs> and I'll finally get maybe you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make a mod and then I'm gonna download I'm gonna I'm gonna make a mod and I'm gonna make a, a house in Dawnstar. <laughs> there you go. Then you can That's prove you were right. Alright, well <laughs> Lou, do you, you have anything to say on that? You get the mod. <laughs> <laughs> well, since Lou is so quiet, we're gonna go ahead and move on to his new segment. The Elder Scroll, and we have a nice new bumper for you guys because the fans went nuts about it, and we got probably a good hundred to two hundred comments saying they love it and they want to see it continue. So I went ahead and made a bumper for it to make it official like. So we're gonna go ahead and move on to the Elder Scroll. fragment of time, a piece of creation, a record of history, history itself, the Elder Scroll. And here we are in the Elder Scroll, Lore with Lou. All right, Lou. The gauntlet was uh, was slapped. Did you uh, well challenge? Yes, yes, I did. Everyone, the last week, Joe put down the challenge. He wanted to know about the Dwemer. So I did a little research, did some digging, and I wanted to bring some quick facts to everyone, kind of whet their appetites and get them interested into finding out the rich history that's in all of the Elder Scroll games out there. So this week, it's the Dwemer. Who are? Who were they? All right, a lot of things of big point that I found out in my research that maybe some folks have taken granted is the fact that Dwemer actually stands for Deep Elves. All right, People, has they've been referred to as dwarves, but they're not the, I guess, stereotypical el- uh, dwarves that you would, I guess, picture from Lord of the Rings, okay? With Gimli. Big beards. All right, that's small. Yeah, stocky, beards, short, stocky. Axe, and a bad attitude. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Beard guzzling freaks. Um, <laughs> My niece is a dwarf. She doesn't have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> but she's one of the ones that comes springing out the whores in the ground. <laughs> well, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was a uh, quick fact that came to my mind that uh, doing my research, I, I was, you know, kind of surprised. All right, uh, because the Dwemer aren't shorter than humans. All right, they're not diminutive or short, what have you. They are actually a lost race of the mare. And mare are the elvish races that are in the world. Okay, And they're the sense that we see throughout the Elder Scrolls series. And as we all know, in playing the game, that one of the bigger mysteries in the Elder Scrolls games is the fact that, you know, the Dwemer and their disappearance. And we get little tidbits, you know, here and there. Okay, as an, as an old ancient civilization, as we can tell by the artifacts and the runes that we find in the game, you know, their big pursuits were going into alchemy, engineering, and all the sciences. Alright, that they... Uh, developed or created on their own. All right. Another fact that I dug up during my research was that the island of Vardenfell is where the earliest records before the first era 
uh, place the Dwemer as their first or their main area of residence. Right, the highest concentration of Dwemer ruins in all of Tamriel is actually on that island. And the name translates into City of the Strong Shield. V- uh, Vardenfall? Or v- Vardenfell? Vardenfell. The v- v- Varden. Yeah. <laughs> It's Spell Bell. it two V's. That's not a typo. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> I had to deal. I did a double deck in that as well <laughs> myself. <laughs> uh, Dwemer also fond of using technology as apparent in the creations, as we see. All right, uh, the various automations or automatons, like the centurion spiders and so forth. Uh, they were referred to as animunculi. Bless you. And as you know, as we <laughs> play the game, <laughs> I was avoiding that one. <laughs> what the. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I practiced for that. <laughs> I actually broke it down. It was very well done. <laughs> well done. I couldn't do it. Animunucle. Animunucle. Yeah, forget that. <laughs> la la yearn. Oh, okay. Uh, as you notice, when you take on these creations, they're going to yield soul gems when you kill them. So again, that hints towards exactly you know, what the Dwemer were, were delving into in terms of combining what they knew of science and what they tapped into into magic. So you see there, with those kind of automatons that you see in the game, you know, just exactly how high uh, did the Dwemer become in terms of, you know, maybe getting that perfect mix of science science and magic. And maybe this is where, you know, it kind of leads to, like, what happened to, you know, to the rest of the creations. I mean, if we see these things, like, what else did they create in the game or in the universe that we haven't experienced yet, you know? Okay. Hmm. Okay, and another big thing with them is that with their development, actually, you know, with all big things, uh, they learned to fear nothing. All right, they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that was they kind feared... of worthless. I mean, they all went extinct. <laughs> <laughs> they went. They, we they feared nothing, become... and then we. Just... Yes, they, yeah, they. I mean, they got to the point where they were challenging the authority and the power of the Aedra and the Deidre themselves and the gods. <laughs> all right, and that's a pretty Mystery yeah, solved. that's pretty powerful people. If they can see themselves equal footing. Then you know that they've reached a, a pinnacle in their own development where they know they can do some pretty badass things. Well, yeah, they're like I said in the, in the chat room. We don't know if they're extinct or not, but they're right. gone. They're disappeared, so we don't know where they're at. So you never know if they could appear somewhere in some other playthrough or a DLC, which is our hope. So. Wait, ooh, ooh, or like in Doctor Who, they could turn into like the Cybermen. <laughs> you can put real humans into these mechanical creatures. What if they're in the robots? <laughs> no, I'm not high. I just actually had that thought. <laughs> no, that's a valid thought. That's actually, yeah, that's actually a kind of an interesting take on that. Booyah! Yeah. Lou, in all of your in all of your research for this, did you find anything as to you know what happened to them and? Well, according to the earliest records, um, you know, sp- spoilers be damned on this. I mean, like, like, <laughs> you know, what what happened to these guys? Do they, they the Dwemer literally one day disappeared? They vanished from the plane of existence that uh, Nirn Tamriel is on. Um, no one knows for sure. And in doing my research, you, there were only two Dwemer left in the entire world. All right, one oh. you'll see in the game. Really? Yes. Yes. Uh, I believe one's an NPC that you'll, uh, I guess, have an exchange with, and another uh, that uh, history talks about. Um, but yeah, the rest of the Dwemer disappeared. Whether or not they they died, so to speak, it, no one knows. But apparently the Dwemer must have been conducting uh, an experiment, a grand experiment of some kind. 
And what happened during that experiment, no one knows because that's when the Dwemer all just went poof. Mm. God, it does sound like I'm right. I sound really <laughs> smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, with with all of the the different sort of you know existence realms that are in this game, and and there are quite a few. You know, you have yes. access to the past. All right, you have speak. You have you know musings of of pushing things into the future by accident. Right. And then you have the Daedra, who obviously, by their own right, they're demons. They come from another another plane. Right. And it, it's in the research that you find out that, yeah, the Dwemer actually traveled these planes of existence. They, you know, they actually freely went and traveled on Oblivion. Okay? They went to Aetherius. Mm. So here you are, these people, mortal so to speak, race that's actually in these planes of existence where, you know, these immortals reside. Yeah. You know, um, it may not be too crazy to think that the next Elder Scrolls game, you know, Elder Scrolls 6, could deal with, you know, a Dwemer, heavy, a heavy Dwemer concept, and you find out that, you know, <clears throat> the race of people you know, found a plane of existence that they're more attached to and decided to, for whatever reason, you know, go there. And there's adventures in that in that, that area, that plane of existence, that dimension. And you get to play as a Dwemer. That'd be interesting. Yeah. All or, right. or tie into your character would be in that plane and do you bring the Dwemer back to Skyrim? Or, you know, to Nern, to Tamriel itself? You know, knowing full well what they're capable of, or do you, I guess, confine them at that new plane of existence, wherever they are? You know, that'd be an interesting, interesting confine game. Find them. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Dwemer at all because they scare me, or the, at least the ruins do. Well, how could you be a fan of the Dwemer? There's, there's nothing there to be a fan of. <laughs> they're not there. <laughs> because of what they left behind, I get, I get so scared during this game, and I hate it when the robots come out. <laughs> Right, just like the tweet about, you know, you accidentally <laughs> leaving your cell phone in your pocket. On vibrate, <laughs> on and then vibrate. I'll be in these scary things, and you hear, like, the... And I'm listening really closely to try to find an enemy, and then my cell phone goes off, and it scares the daylights out of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment, the town square. Hear that? Something's going on in the town square. And we are in the town square. Emails and iTunes shoutouts. We have, I don't know, what was it, what was it Ivar? Something like 100 emails this week to oh, go through. God. I mean, um, it was, I, I, honestly, guys, like we, we love all of your emails and all of your input. But, I mean, we literally got over 100. I, I stopped counting it at, at 105 emails this week. And, I mean, great stuff. Really, really good stuff. But, I mean... From from my perspective, it's like now I have to go through a hundred and five emails over that, and like you know who makes the cut and who doesn't make the cut. I usually say I usually send a reply. I'm very sorry if I did not reply to you this week. I just I couldn't do it. I could not. Yeah, there's a point where it's just not possible for us to get to all to get back to everybody on their emails. Yeah. We love your emails. I still read them every day. Every time we get emails, I go through and read them at least, and then I, you know see what's going to be a fit for the show, just like, well, mostly Varwin does, but 
at least from my producer's email of the week. But anyway, we love your emails. It helps us write the show, helps us with our content. A lot of the content we use, we use from you guys as well. And keep them coming, please. If we get 200 emails next week, awesome. We'll love it. Trust me. So let's go ahead and get into the emails that did make the cut this week. And the first one is from Obi Wang1975. I hope. Also known as uh, Paul. We'll stick with that one. <laughs> okay, Paul, Paul says, Morning, gents. Well, it's actually evening this week. Thanks for the reply to my email. You can thank you, Varwin, for that. Another good podcast from the team. Well, thank you. Going back to an earlier podcast and the future on Favorite Dungeon, I think it's got to be Labyrinthian for the sheer scale. Also, anyone, also, does anyone know the significance of the mask that are acquired during your travels, Paul? Now, I do love Labyrinthian. I forgot all about it. I did it on my first playthrough, and it was insanely long. Uh, if you thought the trek from the Dwemer Ruins down to Blackreach was long, nah, it's about a third the size. It's it's pretty it's pretty immensive and it's fun. So I agree with you on that, Paul. It's a pretty cool place. Uh, it's directly related to, I believe, one of the main quests. So as for the mass, I don't know. I'm gonna be straight out with you guys. I never profess to be an expert, and I'm saying it right now. I don't know. I'm gonna find out though, guys. Well, we we briefly touched on the masks last week. Um, I'm assuming he's talking about the the dragon priest mask. Is that what he's talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so, I mean, the significance of them. I I don't, you know, I don't claim to know the significance of them, but I, I tend to believe that you know it's just a collection piece, and that you you accrue them in order to get the the achievement. If there's anything more than that. You know, there is no achievement except for in the Daedric quests. You need um, one of them is a Daedric item. So is there? There's nothing. If you collect all of these, there, there's nothing for you at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. Okay then. All right. Now the next email is the producer's email of the week, which I should have read first, but I'm a noob and, and spaced it. So this goes out to Chris S. Um, he has my personal thanks for this email because. This has been a huge help for me since I read this email and, if, and have been using his tip. He says he loves the podcast and all that good stuff and wanted to share my favorite tip with you. He says, found a real pain reading all the books to get the skill upgrades from them. I did a bit of Googling and found that all books with a skill bonus have a value of over 50. So you can just hover over the books and then read the ones that have a value of over 50. And it's most likely going to be a skill upgrade. Um, he says, take it easy. Chris. Thank you, Chris, for that tip. It's been a lifesaver for me because I hate having to go through for an hour through all these different libraries, look at all these books, trying to read every single one of them for a quick second <laughs> to try to get skill upgrades. I'm one of those guys that doesn't like you know, sitting there reading these books. So uh, if you're like me and you just want the upgrades, the skills, go ahead and uh, take this tip because it works. All right, our next email. I'm going to do the traditional... Point the finger at the guest host and point at oh. this. <laughs> Varwin's the guest host. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'm a terrible sight reader, so I'll try this. Okay. Dear fellow Skyrim players, I am Arsif or Arsif, I don't know. I have sent you this email to tip whichever one of you is playing the two handed and heavy armor combo character. Whoever, 
whoever they are must know this. If you want to use two-handed weapons, a two-handed weapon character combo uh, with light armor. This is weirdly worded. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's okay. You had to pick the one for me. Okay. Whoever they are must know this. If you want to use a two-handed weapon character, combo him with light armor to give him an extra power attack, stamina bonus. Plus, you can charge at enemies for much longer for personal purposes. P.S. This is my favorite cave cave slash dungeon. Oh, God. P.S. My favorite cave slash dungeon is Bronze Water Cove. Thank you for your time. Osha F. Did I say that? All right, me and you. Oh, shit, I have to have a little t- chat um, because yeah. I'm the one that, <laughs> that plays cute. this character. And no, I do not want light armor, even if it does give me a stamina boost because it makes me into a paper doll with a big weapon. That's not how I want to play my character. And yeah, the, there is a bonus to that, but there's also the bonus of having heavy armor, the fact that I can take a million and one hits from 15 different enemies and still keep ticking. Um, if I'm in light armor, not so much. I have to actually run more and scream like a little girl more often than I do. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, that is something that is you can consider is using the lower armor grade for, you know, the extra charge and extra stamina. But, you know, with, with enough stamina, I'm level 38, I have so much stamina, I don't run out. I never do. Even with using that, my danger weapon that gives me stamina back, not an issue, so... I like being able to take those massive hits with my play character because that's just the way he is. He's the frontal, I'm going to charge your face, go berserk, and next thing you know, you're dead. Yeah, anyway, but thanks for the email. And I was um, cursing you all under my breath for putting this email in the show today. No, really, Osha, thank you very much for the email. We appreciate it. Our next email, I'm, I'm handing off to Lou because he's too silent. Okay, our next email comes from Andrew. Andrew writes in, how do you think Bethesda will work the Civil War into the Elder Scrolls lore in future games, seeing as the winner is variable depending on who you side with? And that comes from Andrew. That's, oh, man. That's yeah. a very good question. That's a very good question. When I read this email, I, I, I stopped and went, huh, that's a good point. Because it is a very I mean, a major variable question on that. Yeah. I wonder if they can handle it something like... If anyone's played Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2, remember, if you saved your files in Mass Effect 1, it would change a couple of aspects uh, when you first started playing uh, Mass Effect 2. Like, you could predetermine, like, who was alive, who wasn't, and who was still, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, assigned somewhere else, what have you. Like, how, how the cast and characters from the first game, how uh, they turned out, so to speak. Yeah, I, that would be... I guess they didn't necessarily have to, I guess, make two totally different games based on which side you chose, you know? Like, which save file, if if they chose to do that. Or if they gave you a choice to begin, like, who do you want to have, you know, as your victor in the Civil War? The Empire or the Stormcloaks? Empire. <laughs> Empire. I'm with, I'm with Liz on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Ivarwin decided to put this long email in, I'm going to make him read it. Oh, ha! yay. <laughs> All right, this next email comes from Khajiit, the house cat, or the Khajiit <laughs> house cat. Someone has a potty mouth. <laughs> Fusroda, fellow Dovakians. Last show's email from Nathan showcased essential mods that doesn't change the gameplay. This inspired me to write about these two mods. Realistic lighting without post-processing. 
from SkyrimNexus.com. First mod that makes the lighting in Skyrim more realistic by enhancing slash limiting light sources within the game to make it more real. So caves and dungeons feel more ominous and darker. The forest at night becomes pitch black. The holds and their respective castles are beacons of light in the dark. And the plains are more awashed in light during the day. Hold on there for a second because the new texture map overrides this. Yes, it does. And does the exact same thing. Yes. So that one so, actually becomes a mute point now, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And fortunately, depending. But yeah. if you don't want that massive texture pack and you do want this lighting, then this is still a way to go for sure. Sure is. Um, the other uh, portion, the other mod that he suggests uh, is something I'm seriously thinking about, about downloading. And it is called Wars in Skyrim. The next mod is an immersion mod. This ups the rate of respawn rate and the respawn points. Just think about for that for a second, because I didn't. It didn't sink in for me until I read this a couple of times. It increases the rate of respawns and their points. So you're going to have in an open world more respawn points. Mobs are going to respawn in more areas and at a faster rate, essentially cluttering. Essentially, cluttering Skyrim with you know two to three times more mobs than is already roaming the game now. He goes on to say, there are several flavors to the mod, ranging from insane mob spawn, wherein literally mobs will be warring and attacking cities, to more realistic flavors. The mod I want to highlight is the dark rainbow flavor. It increases the spawn points, but in a way that doesn't break immersion. Keep up the good work, guys. Sincerely, the Khajiit Housecat. Thank you for those mod suggestions, sir. We will take them into consideration and take a look. That war one looks cool. I might have to check that one out myself. Yeah. yeah. Does. Definitely does. This one, next one is from, I don't know, Ed or Eddie. 333333. Ed333. And he says, I was just listening to your show. There is a podcast app for Android called Pocket Cast that works great. Might want to let your Android listeners know. Keep up the great work. I wish the shows were longer. I could listen to the shows for hours. Thanks. Um, punctuation is crucial in emails. Just throwing it out there. Just um, <laughs> but well, no. A lot of these people, English is their second language, and they, yeah, be nice. Yeah, it's totally cool. Hey, he's, in the, <laughs> he's on the show because he made a good point on, the, on his email. So, hey, I think Yvonne put that in there just so that I would accidentally read it. <laughs> that is not why I put it in there. <laughs> How am I, I going to this, this, this week? I'm going to look it up hmm. right now. It's called Pocket Cast. It's called Slow Phone, so carry on. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, <laughs> next email, I'm going to give this one to Lou. All right, our next email comes from Corey A. Corey writes in, hey guys, love the podcast. Look forward to Thursdays at work so I can hear what you have to say. Lou's new segment is great. Thanks for saying so, Corey. I've always been interested in Tamriel's lore, but who really has the time to read all the books? I had an old roommate that read every one that he saw in Oblivion. He was bat Khajiiti crazy. <laughs> but you aren't Lou. Another couple of things I'd like to share, <laughs> I'd like to hear about are a the Dervine stories. Probably couldn't do it all at once, but there could be a few episodes where you cover some. B the Dark Brotherhood history, and that's from Corey A. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and 
Corey, to your point, yeah, there's a lot of lore out there uh, encompassing the entire Elder Scrolls universe. And uh, one problem, which is great, uh, that I have is just trying to, I guess, condense everything that I find out there to a few points so I don't turn this into a dry history lesson that people start snoring through (laughs) like they're back (laughs) in school again. (laughs) Um, So, you know, thanks for your suggestion, and, and definitely I will do my best to bring up some snippets that I find that I hope everyone will find appealing. Yeah, I like the Dark Brotherhood story a lot, and seeing, because there's a lot of past story that they mention during that mm-hmm. question, that would be really cool to hear. And Ivarwin, you got last. Trip374 here. Love the show. I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, but I am a happy. I am happy to say when your Skyrim podcast comes out, it beats out the Stern show every time. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we beat I, Star and at least with one fan. <laughs> I, I have to say, you know, uh, totally self-serving, by the way, that I put this email in here. Um, however, I couldn't let it go. <laughs> did your girlfriend write this? She did not. <laughs> she shows me listen to these podcasts. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> now, believe me, she doesn't listen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she does not. But, uh, yeah, thank you very, very much for the, the stellar, stellar uh, compliment. Compliment, thank you. I mean, you know, to be compared and then told that we beat out the great Howard Stern. My goodness. King of <laughs> all media. Movies. Wow. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> all right. So we have our five-star shout-outs to go over really quick. And all the additional shout-outs, there were just so many that, that we just couldn't do them. So... Thank you, everybody. You know who you are that sent in emails. Thank you very, very much. We really appreciate it. And we mention emails all throughout the show, so keep them coming, guys. And we love hearing. This show is about you, about the listener. It's about the community of Skyrim. That's what we're here for. And that is crucial, is hearing your guys' input and what you think. So keep them up, guys. Um, the, uh, the emails are the lifeblood of the show, believe it or not. It really is. It steers it steers the course of the show. And many times, you know, we've received ideas from you guys based on your emails. The lore segment alone is is something we've been thinking about, but we pushed it forward because of your emails. Keep it coming. Exactly. And five star reviews. I am not going to read these. I'm going to just mess them up to no end. So I'm going to let Lou do it because he's so good at it. All right. I our five star review shout outs from america comes from steven gips hope I'm saying that right or steven gips easy ice mozart k371 noble bay troy s james c craig l bucephalus green moma celery gangbang you <laughs> <laughs> don't want to know <laughs> yeah. wow more than one way to have fun with your food master b19 <laughs> <laughs> XJ Dayska <laughs> Preston 1701 Little King 96 Harry Dolans Deborah Nagea Elder Scrolls Hoarder OG We all hoard those scrolls We want them Dr. Willie W And Joker Jack Australia Jammer 1969-9 JMZ In the UK We have William Van W 
our email and how you can reach oh okay right 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 he asked us in his review how he can reach us through email we'll give that to you in a couple of minutes here buddy when we go through our how to reach us in a second uh day day 8421 cheery xl wow bleep easy kill rr and our final thoughts of the evening is thank you liz for joining us on the show today we really appreciate it we've been trying to get you on for quite a few episodes and just so happened that tonight seemed to work out. So, and it's the big ten o. Uh, Arwin. Yeah, thanks, Liz, for showing. Thanks, chat room, for coming. Uh, had a great time as always, everyone. I had a great time tonight. Thank you, Liz, for agreeing to come with us today on Skype. Thank you, everyone, chat room, for <laughs> chiming in, giving us those suggestions, keeping coming. And if anyone has any suggestions or ideas of what they'd like to hear for Laura Seving, by all means, tweet me or send an email. To our email address. Uh, thank you guys for having me on here. I know um, I'm a little more articulate when I'm talking or I'm um, typing and not talking, but um, yes, thank you very much. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, total. Don't tell place. anybody. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Lips are sore. <laughs> <here. laughs> I'm going to lay this out there right now. If any of the fans of the show really are interested in becoming a guest host on this show, there's a couple of criteria that we require. For one, you have to have a good mic. So we need that, that audio. And if you could, if you really are serious about coming on as a guest host of the show and you have a good play experience, um, send us in an email with an MP3 of you talking. That way we can get it here for you. And then we'll, if it's something that we would like to do in the future, we'll give you a call through Skype and talk to you about it. Um, that's how we pretty much do guest hosts. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, gosh. go ahead. May I please plug one of my podcasts? Oh, oh yeah, please. Sorry. absolutely. But yeah, um, I have to do this because I told them I would. Um, I if you guys like any kind of comics, I am on an X Men comic um, podcast uh, called what is it called? It's not Sky Skyrim off the record. <laughs> it is X Nation. Look for it. Uh, Cultural Wormhole in iTunes. Cultural Wormhole presents the X Nation. Okay, I heard I did it. it, and it's actually podcast, oh. even though I know nothing about comics i was still interested in what i heard so they do a good job check them out guys skyrim off the record you can reach us at www.skyrimofftherecord.wordpress.com or you can email us at skyrimofftherecord at gmail.com don't forget about our main website as well thequestshow.com has links to our other show which is starwarsofftherecord.com you can reach us on Twitter for the show. You can reach us at, at SkyrimOTR. Joe Wilson is at author J.R. Wilson. Myself, Evarwin, is at Evarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lewis is at GamerGuy11B-G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11-B. Liz, where can everyone get in contact with you? I am mostly on Twitter. I love the Twitter machine. I'm at mistress underscore Lebo. And um, I will respond That's, to pretty much anyone. For those of us who can't spell like me, it's, L, <laughs> it's L-E-B-E-A-U. It's named after Gambit the X-Men. I, I like Gambit. That's his last name. Cool. <laughs> He's my favorite X-Men too, by the way. I never told you that. That's right. But he is. <laughs> Raging Cajun for the win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim off the record is a Quest Gaming Network production, and I would just like to say, Fusra you all next week. Take care, guys. Be safe. Take care, everyone. See you all next week. Bye.
Uh, no, Gray, my, my porn is minimized for now. Hello? Hello. Can Yay! You... Here, me... Er, now. Now you're <laughs> just being a poop. <laughs> now you're just being a poop, Joe. <laughs> Hello, this is Latino Dovakin. Can you hear me? Yes. Like that one, Don Carnage from the Rescue Rangers. All right. I, a f- I am Traitor. a panty waste. I send people to die so I don't have to. You're a panty waste because you make people die? Yeah. I go in my room and I spend stuff and spend money and I drink and I go to sleep. I feel like Joe should be asking people, what is the riddle of steel? Oh, sorry. Wrong genre. Oh, oh dear. Oh. Genre? You mean Janelle? Genre? Genre. Er- Words. These are all just words. Words are just words, yes. Does Liz have a Nord voice, eh? Give no! A Nord. <laughs> I don't even... Are there any Nord chicks in this? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I've heard one say, milk drinker. I can't do it. I am very impressed with how it looks and, and works. I used to be... I'm an ex-designer for... for <laughs> time stamp it. For Riverdance? Yeah. <laughs> Including Windows Vista or 7 operating system, a minimum of 4 gigs of system. Did somebody just die? <laughs> I saw that. His cat jumped from his desk onto a Skyrim box behind him and just <laughs> went down with it. <laughs> Fusilda!